0: there quick mic check before you get into the first episode this is Sessie, one of your show hosts on Pokemon radio my best friend Derek and I play through each of the Pokemon main series games starting with red and blue using Nuzlocke challenge rules if you aren't familiar with Nuzlocke don't worry we break down the rules at the beginning of this first episode but essentially they are designed to make the Pokemon games even more challenging On this show, Derek and I embody radio DJs on Professor Oak's Nuzlocke Talk, assigned to follow our respective young trainers through Kanto and beyond as they seek to become Pokemon Nuzlocke champions. And with that, I'll let you jump right into the show, and don't worry, my audio quality improves significantly after this first episode. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy!
1: hello and welcome back to pokemon radio we are your host derek and Sessie, and thank you for joining us for professor oak's nuzlocke talk now unfortunately due to some unforeseen circumstances professor oak is out of the office this week so we'll have to do we're gonna have to do the show without him sassy he's gonna be back next week we don't know really what's going on but like it's cool we got this we're not terrified at all we completely know what we're doing
0: i have full faith in us to just close our eyes and make magic happen
1: that's what i've done my whole life so let's just keep doing it here (laughs) And it is a good day to be in Kanto. It is a beautiful day. The Pidgeys are flying. The Rattatas are Rattata-tat-tat-tatting. It's Pokemon World. We're, we're happy to be here. Now, we should introduce ourselves, because typically Professor Oak does this show, and everybody knows who Professor Oak is. Dude's, like, famous as crap. Like, everybody knows him. I feel like we're in, like, the next stage of fame. If he's A-list, we're pretty much B-list, but just in case people don't know us, maybe we should introduce ourselves a little bit, so... Um, you can go first if you want to get us started, Ceci.
0: Uh, yeah, so I'm Ceci. I hail from, uh, not Pallet Town, but from a land far, far away, and Derek and I are best friends. I'm saying that. He's not saying that, but he can't take it away now that I've said it. (laughs) Um, we met in college. I'm a water Pokemon expert. Derek's, uh, all Pokemon expert.
1: That's what I like to tell myself. (laughs) according in my bio my tinder bio on my tinder bio it says pokemon expert of all kinds so that's what i'm gonna go with
0: (laughs) we also have our field correspondents gabby and ty visiting from the Hoenn region who'll be providing the show with these real unfiltered on the ground interviews with some of kanto's most interesting characters
1: teaser that's that's how we tease stuff that's how we get people to come back
0: but yeah i mean we've been working behind the scenes with professor oak for a few years now and we weren't gonna say no we are not gonna throw away our shot derek this
1: is our one shot our one opportunity (laughs) we're not gonna let it go we're gonna seize it i messed that whole line up it's okay uh but yes uh my name is derek and i also hail from a land far far away um it's yeah it's a terrifying place called miami um there are all types of water Pokemon there, it's crazy out there, but we don't worry about that, I moved to Kanto, I'm now in a nice wholesome area, Um, but yes, the one of the, so one of the most interesting things about Kanto, and just Pokemon in general, is the different, there's all different types of Pokemon trainers, everybody knows it out there, some people just want them as pets, some people are ruthless murderers, some people rob people, some questionable decisions going on, but what, what type of trainers do we like the most, which type of trainers are we most interested in?
0: Pokemon League challengers.
1: Bam! And tell everybody what that means.
0: So, this season, we're on assignment in Kanto. We're following these two young trainers that Professor Oak found. We wanted to do, you know, a special interest story on, you know, the hot new rising trainers. They weren't interested in us, but Professor Oak found these two kids in Pallet Town of all places, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, and they are actually attempting the Pokémon League in this new format called the Nuzlocke Challenge. So we were like, alright, maybe that's like where we go, that's how we get our in.
1: Nuzlocke sounds like something bullies did to me as a child. What, what, what is this Nuzlocke Challenge?
0: So in this challenge, our trainers can only catch the first Pokémon that they encounter in a new area. And if that Pokémon faints in battle, it dies in real life. So sort of an Inception moment, Matrix moment, pick your movie of choice moment there. Um, so there's this added incentive to really look after your Pokemon team. Um, additionally, trainers can only use Pokemon that they catch by chance. There are no gifted Pokemon or static encounters allowed. You gotta get out there, you gotta hustle, you gotta do all the work to make it happen. And then finally, as sort of this, you know, nice breath of fresh air so you're not running around with a team full of Radicates. If your first encounter in an area is a Pokémon that that trainer has already caught or has one of its evolutions and it's still alive, they can choose to bypass that encounter and catch the next one in that area instead. So this really promotes some like diversity in the team but still maintains that, you know, added level of difficulty as if challenging the Pokémon League like wasn't hard already
1: yeah because like honestly like a bunch of 10 year olds running out on their own that's not enough we need to put more restrictions on them and set them up to fail and watch their little fuzzy friends die that is what this challenge is about
0: it's like when they scrambled the computer keyboard because children were getting too good at typing do you know that's not that's why it's not like alphabetical on the keyboard wait what yeah no that's actually a thing why would they do
1: <laughs> why would they do that as someone who if cannot type
0: keeping- gatekeeping typing gatekeeping pokemon so we're here to shine a light on this and maybe we'll get some more 10 year olds you know across the poke universe interested in this style of battling
1: and now for a quick word from our sponsors the following ad is sponsored by the pokemon league Are your children driving you crazy? Can you not afford summer camps? Has your kid broken too many household items that they've never paid for? Then the Pokemon League is for you! Take your unprepared, unsuspecting 10 year old and throw them out into the wild with a small wild animal that can use extremely dangerous attacks and really teach them life lessons. They'll learn things like survival, Defending for their lives, and taming wild, dangerous, gigantic animals. Nowhere else can they learn this. And you know what the best part is? Pay money to the Pokemon League, and we can make sure this keeps going forever and ever. The Pokemon League. No child should ever be home past 10.
0: Now back to our show.
1: This adventure is gonna start in Pallet Town. And kind of what happened was we wanted to go see our boy Professor Oak. Professor Oak is the man, the well of knowledge that we can always learn from. We showed up, but he just wasn't there. Like shock, this is a theme apparently, but he also did not show up at his own lab. But when we got there, there were these just two young trainers just chilling. And like we have been told for a while, they really wanted us to like do reporting stuff and like follow up on famous Pokemon trainers and get their stories. And we couldn't do that, so instead we found a couple of little kids that are just starting their journeys, and we're going to follow them around instead. So we both found a trainer, coincidentally enough, since there are only two 10-year-olds in all of Pallet Town. We managed to find both of them, which was quite exciting, and learn a little bit about them. So if you want to kick it off, who's your trainer that you're going to be following on this journey of child freedom?
0: So I've got my boy Dino. Uh, He's a real classic 10 year old in every sense of the word loves dinosaurs is all about dinosaurs all about prehistoric life just you know weird thing to be into i guess there are like fossil pokemon so we'll see like what happens when he gets there but um wasn't thrilled at the idea of like generally being outside but he's here because his mom made him so yeah (laughs) yeah
1: i think it's also a theme yes i found a young trainer named Bugis, and um he basically told me his mom was like yo you're gonna be out on your own whether you like it or not if you have a pokemon with you you might not die and he was just like okay tough love so this is his journey coming from a place of, of a wholesome family this pallet town families are very dysfunctional considering it's such a tight-knit community but yeah so yeah he's also out on his own and they were actually getting their starting pokemon which is kind of a crazy concept because like I feel like so many other people in other towns, you just kind of go out in the woods and find something. When you're from Pallet Town, you get like a -a one-of-a-kind rare Pokemon that Professor Oaks just kind of just tossing out to the, the two kids in town.
0: Right, yeah, Professor Oak's like, oh, I was this seasoned trainer, I had all these cool Pokemon, and now I'm down to my final three, why don't I give these random children from the neighborhood one of them, like...
1: Like, it's not like we've worked 120-hour weeks for Professor Oak for the last 10 years and he's never given us... No, scratch that, he gave me a Krabby one time. It pinched me. Yeah, I'm not bitter.
0: Hey, at least you didn't get a a Spearow as someone who's afraid of birds, worst gift ever.
1: Okay, well, to be fair, I don't think he, no, you've you've cried last time a bird flew by, so he should have known of your fear of birds. You know what, He's he's got a lot going on. He's, he's a busy man, clearly, he can't be here, so he, he's got a lot going on. But, for whatever reason, these two little children got these rare Pokemon. Uh, Boo just got a Charmander, which is, like, a lot of responsibility, because, like, you just got a flamethrower on a lizard just running around with you as a 10-year-old. When I was 10, if I had a flamethrower, things would not have gone well.
0: Oh, man, that's tough, too, because Charmander's not well-suited to early life in Kanto, so... No. Bujis I hope, has, like, already stepped up to that responsibility requirement.
1: Uh, let's just say, if it was, like, not in the universe of Pokémon, Bujis would have been... Very crispy and not alive right now. It's been a rough start. <laughs> Hasn't been the best of starts. Has Dino had any more luck? Which one of the the exclusive, unique Pokemon did did Dino end up with?
0: Um, Dino went with the safer route. Went with a Squirtle. Can't really go wrong. Classic there. Fun little turtle boy. Everyone loves a turtle. He actually. And this was weird. I'm curious if you had a similar encounter with Buuji's after getting his squirtle, Dino actually came up to me, which is, like, super not allowed. Like, we're, you know, supposed to have journalistic integrity and not interact with our subjects, right? But he came right up to me and he was like, hey, do you have a pet? And I was like, yeah, I've got a cat. She's the best. And he's like, what? well, what's her name? What's her name? I was like, well, Luna, you know, named after the moon, obviously. And he was like, oh, okay, great. And now this kid's running around with a squirrel named Luna.
1: Wait, what?
0: Like, come on. Where's the originality? Luna's not a dinosaur.
1: Yo, Boo just did the same thing to me. He came up to me and was like, yo, this little fiery asshole. And this kid's got a potty mouth for a 10-year-old. Let me just say <laughs> this much. He has. He says words that I did not know until I was at least, like, 25. But he's just like, hey. This little fiery asshole, I don't want to think of a name for him. What's your cat's name? First, I was like, How do you know I have a cat? <laughs> and that kind of weirded me out, but he didn't say anything. So I told him my cat's name, and now there's a Charmander named Barkevius running around. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, maybe they know each other. Do these kids know each other? Are they like familiar? Because that seems like a weird coincidence. It
0: was this. Strangest experience. I felt like seeing them both in the lab while we were there at the same time. It was almost like they didn't realize the other was there. Like they were just in two different versions of the same world.
1: Science. Yo, that's crazy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe they, they have some link in their brain. We'll figure it out at some point in our journey. But yeah. so one of the interesting things about them is in their town, They also have a rival trainer, which is something that's also a weird coincidence that they both have rivals that are the same age that are both kind of spoiled and such. So coincidences galore here. But yes, so Buja's, and one of the weirdest things about this is they were given the choice to name their rival, which is like kind of fucked up if you think about it. Like this little kid's gone through their whole life up until the time they're 10 with whatever name, and now all of a sudden some random kid gets to name them?
0: Yeah, that seems like a very 10-year-old centric point of view. Like, why is Dino getting to establish a name for his friend who he's presumably known for 10 years, right?
1: I would think. And now you just get like that's a terrible decision. And it ended in a terrible way. Bouges' rival is now named Assface. (laughs) Like, where else did they think that was going to go? You let a 10-year-old name his best friend or his rival or whatever it is. Yeah, so now because they let 10-year-olds get this much autonomy, Bugis is running around with a Charmander named Barkevius and a rival named Assface. So, good decisions all around. What about Dino? What is? What did he name his rival?
0: Well, so, remains to be seen if uh, Dino actually did the naming or if there was just some happy, sort of serendipitous synergy happening here, but um, apparently his rival-slash-best-friend-slash-definitely-worst-enemy um, his name is uh, Asteroid, uh, more formally known as the KPG Asteroid. <laughs> you know, you may be familiar with that as the moniker for the uh, meteor that brought about the Cretaceous Paleocene Extinction, which is uh, what did the dinos in, but, you know, totally could be a coincidence, right?
1: These kids are terrible at naming things. They couldn't think of a name for their own Pokemon, and now they're naming their friends. Uh, we, we need to, hopefully they grow up before they have any kids of their own, because this is...
0: yeah. Needless to say, Dino's entire purpose and goal is to wipe out KPG Asteroid before he has a chance to become Pokemon League champion.
1: (laughs) I'm kind of concerned. There feels like wipe out, normally I would take his beat in a trainer battle, but in this context, I'm I'm concerned for the safety of Mr. Asteroid there. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) we'll have to keep that, we'll keep the authorities on watch. Um, but they did have their first trainer battle too, which was a very exciting moment seeing these young trainers experience their first real Pokemon action. Um, how did Dino do? I was Obviously, I wasn't there to see it. How did Dino hold his own in that first trainer battle?
0: Uh, Dino was saved by a potion he grabbed from the PC in his bedroom. Did uh, Boo just remember to get that?
1: I can't say he did, no. I did ask him <laughs> about... I don't think he knows what a potion is. Um, I had asked him about, do you have any potions on you? And he thought, like, I think he thought thought it was a drug or something, because he got this, like, real guilty look, and he was just like, no! <laughs> and that was that, so he didn't use it to save his Pokemon. Boo just did not know the attack called Tail Whip did not do damage, so he kept just yelling at his Charmander. I guess they, maybe because it has, like, a fire tail, so it looks like it could hurt somebody. He was like, Tail Whip it! Tail Whip that shit! Tail Whip it! And he kept yelling it. And Charmander was, like, an obedient little dude, and just didn't know what to do, and just Shaking his little ass, shaking his little fire tail, and yeah, ass faces. was just staring at him like, like seriously, like he didn't even attack for the first five minutes because he felt bad, and then ended up just doing like a little squirt of water in Charmander's face, and that was that. So, it was a rough start. I he can only go up from here.
0: Well, definitely make sure you go get that potion. If not, good news for Bujis, we do have an ad for the Pokemart coming up later in the episode, and I think. It's got some good info on potions with it, so stay tuned for that.
1: All right, yeah, we'll need to. Uh, I'll need to play that for him on a repeat to try to educate him on the uh, means of not letting his Pokemon die. This is not a game here. Um, so yes, yeah, so I guess they come. They you know they finished that first trainer battle. Everything went fine and dandy there. Um, I he kind of got excused on that. So quick. Uh, technically, his Charmander should have died, but. The Pokemon gods had mercy on his first ever battle and let him live.
0: And the journey hadn't officially started yet, right? Like, you're still there, full view of Professor Oak. I imagine he stepped in before things got too serious.
1: Uh, Oak wasn't there. That thing would have died. I think for whatever reason we got lucky you should have seen booge's face he thought it died he thought he was just like failed from the start there was this look of panic and i think he was about to start crying but then the charmander kind of got up gave him a dirty look and crawled back to the pokeball so don't he probably has to have a talk with his charmander to like let him know that sorry i won't kill you next time bro but in the meantime the Charmander's still around so that's good
0: well, lucky for you, Derek, because this would have been a really boring show otherwise.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would have just been the end of it. That would have been a great... We would have just been following Dino, but we just would have just gone back... Oh, He would have gone back home because he got kicked out. He would have just been chilling in the forest somewhere. A little <laughs> little forest man with all the bugs in a Viridian Forest. But that's getting a little ahead of ourselves. Let's first talk about Route 1, because that's really the first place we got to see them out outside of the lab itself, out in the wild, so to speak. Um, and they finally got their first real taste of seeing wild Pokemon uh, in... How did it... I imagine it went pretty well for Dino. It seems like he's kind of on a roll.
0: Route one, first of all, iconic route. Just gotta say, you know, you got the ledges, you got the tall grass, you got the music. That just, like, happens to be playing. I don't know if that's only in my head. Maybe it's, like, a shared hallucination, but...
1: I've never thought about that. I thought I just had, like... I hit my head a few times as a child, so I just figured, you know, ringing music all the time, that's just kind of one of the side effects. I'll learn to deal with it. Glad to know other people hear that, too.
0: Well, uh, Dino zipped straight through Route 1, was not interested in any of these wild Pokemon. There were no trainer battles to be had, and he was not interested in risking the life of his little Luna, his little Squirtle. He did run into this Pokemon rep who definitely you know is just a shill for capitalism right like oh here i'll give you a free potion first one's free next one million you have to pay out the nose for but poor little dino i couldn't step in couldn't warn him so he's on the hook now to big pokemart i
1: I mean it's he's gonna learn it's it's a decent start though at least all right so i feel bad i feel like this is not a good comparison but, yeah, Bougis' first trip on Route 1 didn't go quite so well. He uh he did see a wild Pokemon. The problem is, you had mentioned your fear of birds. Bujis is really scared of birds. When he was a kid and when he was a baby in his little nursery, his mom used to put on the movie Birds all the time. Like, that was just, like, I guess she thought it was really calming because she's just like, oh, they're little birds. They fly around. They're, like, floating in the air. I don't know what the reasoning was, but he walked, he's completely scarred he's seen birds i believe he said 223 times total um which is terrible living so close to route one in pallet because there's like pidgey's out the ass there so the first pokemon he sees is a pidgey he sends out the charmander but immediately just starts running and crying like just sprinting in circles bawling his eyes out the charmander's kind of looking at him sideways was like dude you gotta like tell me what to do here give me some instructions the pidgey kind of just felt bad like gave the charmander a look and flew away um, and then about an hour later, Bujis stopped crying and finally kept walking on that path. Um, when the PokeMart person offered the potion to try to get him hooked, I guess he did good at that. He said, no. Uh, he said, no, drugs are bad. <laughs> Stop selling me drugs and ran. Um, so he, it was a really quick trip throughout one. As, as far as it was literally just an hour of crying and then sprinting the rest of the way.
0: Poor Bujis. Are we sure he's ready to be out on his own?
1: He's not ready for a lot of things, but he's going to learn. I have I, I have faith in him. He's going to make a turnaround. He's going to be somehow, I can't get this dude with a straight face. He's going to be a Pokemon League champion. I believe in this kid. I'm not going to judge him. He can do it. But he made it through Route 1. That's what's important. And when you get to, obviously, on the other side of Route 1, you get to Viridian City, which is like, for these kids, has to be like the biggest city ever, considering Palatown has nothing. <laughs> There's not much in Palatown.
0: Oh my gosh, there's so much to do in Viridian City. You got your Pokémon gym not open, but the point is they got to like stick their little kid faces up on the glass and like peek in at the little dusty, you know, interior. So, first little taste of fun and adventure and challenge, but no dice here in Viridian City, but that was that was the big big draw for Dino. He could not peel himself away from that closed-up gym.
1: Yeah, It was super overwhelming i I can't imagine seeing all that in viridian city especially like trying to explore because it's weird like normally in a city it only takes i never understood this dynamic it only takes like one person being in a bad mood to just block your path which is a weird thing because you think like it's this big city why do they design it in a way that only like single file line people can leave in and out it seems like a real fire hazard but they're basically got a trap there, so they did get to explore a bit. He was very, very intrigued by the Pokemon gym, which, like you said, trying to peek these little head in, figure out what's going on there. Pokemon Center was great. He basically just like hung out in there. There was air conditioning. He was just like, this is solid. He let the He was kind of over worried about his charmander he kept handing the pokeball to uh nurse joy and saying like please heal him and she was like bro we've done this like four times he's okay and he was like no no and just shook his head real fast and handed it back so he's a little over but that means it's good he cares about his pokemon that's that's a good sign
0: yeah i'm glad bugis is taking this challenge so seriously well i have to tell you dino and bugis weren't the only ones who made it to meridian city Our field correspondents were also on the ground, and we have Gabby with us now talking to the headmaster of the Pokemon Academy.
1: Oh, exclusive interview.
0: Yeah, so let's turn it over to Gabby and Ty for our Voices of Kanto segment.
1: A quick break, and we'll be right back with the show.
0: Hi, listeners. Field Correspondent Gabby here with our next interview subject, Dr. Skaminar! Hi Doctor, thanks for joining us today, Headmaster of Pokémon Academy. Now please tell our listeners, what brings you to Kanto?
1: Hello, well I am in Kanto to go ahead and teach people all the wonders of Pokémon. I teach people about Pokémon types, Pokémon names, pyramid schemes, and all there is to know about Pokémon battle.
0: Wow, sounds like there's a lot to learn about Pokémon. What's the most common mistake you see from new trainers?
1: Well, there's so many! Using the wrong types, not having the right potions, not paying me enough money. So many mistakes that young trainers make in this world.
0: Wow, sounds like our listeners should really consider your Pokémon Academy. But do you get a lot of students traveling to Viridian City? Why aren't you more centrally located in Kanto?
1: Well, our content is so good people will come from all over. Where else can you learn what Pokemon types are good against others? Where else can you learn what a potion does? Where else can you learn what a Pokemon is named? Nowhere.
0: Wow, sounds like there are a lot of good reasons to come to Viridian City to see your Pokemon Academy. Now, one last question, the patented hard-hitting question for our listeners at home... What do you say to the allegations that you were involved in the Pokemon College admission scandal?
1: You said you wouldn't, I mean, I, I, I mean you said you wouldn't ask that. Uh, no comment.
0: Now back to our show. So, did just make it to the PokeMart eventually?
1: He did figure out, at this point, what potions were. Um, I think he even bought an antidote, which good for him that's like some responsible forward thinking type stuff so taking baby steps
0: i have a confession to make on behalf of dino we know these kids were sent here professor oak was like all right trial run your little dudes you know head up to verdian city run this errand for me i need you to get this parcel and dino i don't know if he just like was so excited about his squirtle that he just like wasn't listening to instructions um or what but 100% forgot where this parcel was and actually wandered around and talked to pretty much everybody before he ended up in the Pokemart, which is apparently where this parcel was being held which i don't think makes sense to me like that's a store not a post office but that is a
1: very good question there's some sketchy stuff going on it's also strange to me These kids never learn not to talk to strangers, because you're right. They talk to every stranger. Like, every stranger. It doesn't matter. It could be a random dude in the forest. It could be a dude in a Pokemon. It could be just an old man walking...
0: Walking into someone else's house. Literally, though,
1: yes, he That's... You know, they are lucky that they are 10, because, like... That is some B&E type stuff. Like, you should probably go to Pokemon jail for that.
0: Like, if it were us bad news cute 10 year olds oh little kid let me tell you something helpful and then kick you out of my house
1: i see if that was my house mm -mm. (laughs) he would firmly foot up ass kicked out of house immediately that is you don't know what they're up to you ever seen that movie where it's like the 50 year old or 40 year old girl that looks like a child because she has some disease and she's like secretly a murderer
0: no you know i don't watch horror movies Derek.
1: well that's a movie and that could be a thing these little kids could just be adults posing as kids ready to murder people you don't know that I think it's the orphan that sounds like the name of the movie
0: don't ask me no don't watch horrors don't watch thrillers no 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 no
1: yes either way don't trust children oh you're gonna love it when we get to lavender town (laughs) so let's go ahead and then at that point yes we did get the parcel so they were both successfully able to get oak's parcel which was great because that would be kind of a real bad start to the journey because if you don't get that you're kind of just stuck they could have just moved to viridian city at that point that would have been the the entirety of their journey essentially they would have just moved one town over and be like yeah oh, that's enough we will settle here but yes at this point they did need to go ahead and run back to Palotown to kind of deliver that parcel because they are responsible in that sense they didn't just steal it which i was kind of proud of because at that point like if you're a 10 year old you get this thing you don't know what it is it's all exciting they, they actually did the right thing
0: and i do have to say dino really had a ball jumping over those ledges down route one like i said iconic route
1: Jumping! Oh, so, yeah, he was definitely more adventurous. Bujus was more of a I'm afraid of heights type deal, so he did, like, a very, like, almost like an army crawl and then, like, slid his, like, ass off, like, plooped down and then just, like, (laughs) fell with his arms. It took a little while, but it was effective. He managed to make his way down.
0: No, Dino again was, like, anything to avoid wild Pokemon in the tall grass, I'm leaping over these ledges and landed (laughs) in the bear spots.
1: Good, he needs to teach a, he needs to give Bujus some parkour lessons. Get, get a little bit more uh, get get a little more adventurous and athleticism in them. All right. But so, yeah, once we get there, the, this is probably the thing I was most excited to see for these young trainers. Honestly, at this point in their journey was seeing them get really what they're going to need. The, their, their most important things besides their Pokemon are going to be their Pokedex and their town map. Because, like, let's be real. How else are they going to know where to go? They've been stuck in Pallet Town. The signs are really bad. Like, could, one of the strangest things is, You go to every town, no store has maps. You can't just, like, walk up to somewhere. They don't have, like, signs anywhere. They don't have buses. It's literally, like, if you don't get a town map, wander until you find stuff. So, they got their town map, and they got their Pokedex, which was, yeah, they, I think they, I I assume Dino got a kick out of that, because Bouges was, like, really into that Pokedex.
0: Which, I do just want to say, like, why is Professor Oak sending these two 10-year-olds on this, like... Research changing mission to complete the Pokedex when there are three perfectly good aides just like standing around the lab, like doing what? Why are they not out filling out the Pokedex? Like, why does all of that responsibility rest on these two 10 year olds?
1: Yeah, you also, Mr. Oak, Professor Dr. Oak, have two completely capable, fully grown adults right here who would love a Pokedex, who can't afford a Pokedex based off the salary you pay us. You know, maybe we could do it. We could travel. We could actually drive. We're actually of age. You know what? We can rent a car.
0: But Derek, can you drive?
1: You, that is not the point. This is not <laughs> what we're talking about here. I am trying to make a point.
0: No comment there. <laughs>
1: Fine. Okay, well, then the next stage of this journey, really kind of the last thing we'll talk about for them today, and because this is really what kicks it all off, is now they're out on their own. Like, they, they went back to their little home place in Palletown. They're going back to Viridian City now. And they learn how to catch Pokemon at this point. This is really what leapfrogs them into being an actual Pokemon trainer. Because let's be real. Until you know how to catch a Pokemon, you're kind of not a Pokemon trainer. You're kind of just a person with a pet.
0: Oh, Yeah. But first, you got to get your Pokeballs, which I was under the impression if someone's going to offer to teach you how to catch a Pokemon, they would then give you Pokeballs. Like, great, congrats. Now go forth and do this yourself. That was a, not the case. Like, Dino sat through this this catching tutorial and had nothing to show at the end of it except for, like, this weird encounter. So he had to go to the Poke Mart and buy his own Pokeballs. But it was worth it in the end for his new friends.
1: It was some weird vibes, though. Yeah, like, what kind of person just sits there waiting for children to walk by to teach them how to throw balls but yeah that was a huge moment for them and i do think that it's a simple enough process like you said they were able to buy their pokeballs now they're ready to go and actually start catching stuff and and they actually did catch their first pokemon
0: yeah so dino got himself a level two pidgey named Tarot, short for pterodactyl so apologies to bougis in advance and also me Uh, Pidgey, hopefully, is going to be around for a while, so birds are going to be on the map. But uh, the biggest surprise to me here, and maybe this is just how long I've been out of the game, Derek, but apparently, Gust, not a flying-type move.
1: When did this happen? It's wind from wings. How is that not flying?
0: It's a normal-type move, apparently, in ye old days of Kanto.
1: I see. I'm not from here, so I'm still kind of adjusting. In the Pokemon world of Miami, Gust is, what's well, a different type of thing, actually, but <laughs> but it's okay. Here it is completely normal, apparently.
0: What did Boo just get on Route 1?
1: So, I told you so yeah, he cried when he saw the Pidgey walking, so he was very careful, because he knew the rules. Like, if he saw a Pidgey, he would have to catch that, and, like, that was not gonna go well, so he basically just laid on the ground and, like, army crawled, because he's like, hopefully I don't see one, Um, and a Ratata ended up literally just running straight into his face. So it was just it was, like, meant to be, because they, they just, he's the army crawls, Rattata runs full speed, they hit heads, Rattata might have had some concussion-like symptoms, was kind of just laying there, not moving much, he threw the Pokeball, um, and yeah, he caught it, it was just super easy, um, he took it straight to the Pokemon Center, thankfully, um, they did diagnose it with a concussion, so we do have to watch it for symptoms for the next 48 hours, um, I'm kind of concerned.
0: Is he on the reserve list for now?
1: Yeah, he needs to he needs to sit it out for a little bit. A little concerned and it's it's it's, it's You can't mess around. You can't put a non 100 percent Pokemon out into the world. So he's kinda getting it rested up. Now as far as nicknames go, um wasn't super creative with it. I liked yours where he named, you know, he Dito's on theme. Um he just named it Tatata, <laughs> which <laughs> I don't I don't know what it's from. I, I was trying to figure out like what that meant um, but yeah, I asked him what its name was and he just looked at me and was like, ta Tata. So yeah. I don't know how to spell it. I don't know what the origins are, but um he's got his tatata.
0: Did uh Bouges box West to Route twenty two out of Verdian City, or is it just uh him his Charmander and his Rattata for now? Or sorry, Tatata.
1: Yeah, you gotta say it with a little flair too. The way he said it was a tatata. So ta-ta-ta. The ta-ta-ta, there we go. So the, the, the Tata is, um, they're still just hanging out in the Pokemon Center last I left him. Um, just recovering, just chilling, trying to, trying to feel a little bit better. They're going to go venture out to Route 22. But the thing is, he heard there was more bird Pokemon in Route 22, so he's really got to work himself up for that. Not not quite ready for it.
0: Well, Dino did take a little sneaky peek at Route 22. He heard a rumor that uh, Asteroid was out on that Route too, so he didn't venture too far because he didn't want to... He didn't want to get embroiled in uh, Battle 2 uh, soon after catching his new Pokemon, but um, out on Route 22, Dino found a Level 3 Rattata as well. Nickname is Neo, apparently named for this human-sized prehistoric rat. Let's just like sit with that for a moment. A human-sized prehistoric rat um and neo is short for its scientific name of neo epiblima Acrinsis, and you can pronounce scientific names however you want don't at me latin is a dead language
1: <laughs> it's like the unknown it's just a language that's no longer used
0: exactly so we got luna squirtle we got taro pidgey and we got neo his Rattata we're like rounding out with some classics here like we're feeling pretty good heading out into um route two he's got um some leveling that's gone on so everyone's like pretty good and fighting ready and looking forward to the next leg of our journey
1: and now for a quick word from our sponsors
0: feeling you get when you open up a fresh bottle of Paralyze Heal. (sighs) Yeah, that one. Stop by your PokeMart today for game-changing deals on Pokeballs, status-restoring items, and so much more. And now for a limited time, new Pokemon trainers can claim a free potion just by visiting our representative on Route 1. That's Route 1, R-O-U-T-E and the number one to claim your free potion. PokeMart, we'll take all your money, please. Now back to our show.
1: And that is going to wrap up this part of our journey so far. But speaking of the next leg of the journey, we have a lot of exciting stuff coming for these kids. We got Viridian Forest is coming up. Pewter City is coming up. You know that is going to be a bit of a wake-up call for at least one of these two. Um, They're going to face their first gym. There's so much exciting stuff to come for these small children. Make sure you come join us. This has been another episode of Pokemon Radio with Derek and Sessie. and eventually Professor Oak. He's going to be back here next week, so just come back next week. But don't forget, this is only made possible thanks to your support on the Goldenrod Public Radio subscription service. All of this money goes, we actually don't know what it goes towards, actually, but um, we assume it's good.
0: Not our salaries. Yeah, not our
1: salaries. That's right. We don't know what it goes towards, but go ahead and get your Goldenrod Public Radio subscriptions in. We assume it's for good things.
0: And if you're on the social medias, you can follow us at Pokemon Radio Pod on Twitter and Instagram, where we'll give you some live looks, live updates on our trainers' journeys throughout the week, and obviously keep bringing you these weekly updates. So thanks.
1: And we will see y'all next week. <laughs>